Hello and welcome back to the History Revision podcast. Today is our third and final episode exploring how the conflict spread to Asia and we'll be looking at the Vietnam War and its impact on the Cold War more generally. So following the stalemate of the Korean War, which both USSR and USA could claim victory in, both the North and South survived and continued to follow the ideologies of their respective superpowers. Attention now turned to another country under threat of a communist takeover, Vietnam. Now, the course doesn't require you to know about the entire conflict or, in fact, very much about the details of that conflict. And there is so much to study on Vietnam that it could take up a whole unit in the GCC itself if they decided to go that way. If you're interested in finding out more about Vietnam, I would highly recommend the Burns and Nozick documentary series, The Vietnam War. Uh, It was on BBC and then on Netflix and can currently be purchased on Prime. I'm sure uh, you might well be able to find uh, an online stream if you are a bit more resourceful than me, and it's well worth it. The shortened version, the episodes are about an hour long, and there are 10 of them, but there is a, an extended version, which was the one on the BBC, which were somewhere between an hour and a half and two hours. So it's, it's not a light undertaking, but it's fascinating, uh, and it's well worth a watch if it's something that you are interested in. However, for the purpose of the GCSE, you only really need to understand the early years of the conflict and how America got involved. But to provide some, some context as to how America ends up being involved in Vietnam, we need to first discuss an area known as Indochina. Now, Indochina, which is a combination of Vietnam, Laos and Cambodia, Cambodia, had been part of the French Empire prior to World War II, and they'd controlled it for many, many years. And following uh, the end of World War II, they were very, they were very keen to re-establish control once, once the war had ended. However, anti-French rebels and those who had been fighting against the Japanese during World War II, led by a man uh, called Ho Chi Minh, and he was leader of the Viet Minh, desired a communist state. And in 1950, he declared the Democratic Republic of Vietnam. Now, France fought back against this and by 1952 had suffered 90,000 casualties in an attempt to keep control of Indochina. But what they found is they couldn't compete with the guerrilla warfare tactics employed by Ho Chi Minh and the Viet Minh. Now, guerrilla warfare is when an army doesn't engage in what we call conventional military tactics. So normally you think of a war, you think of two sides with their armies, uh, navies, air forces, and they will fight pitched battles. Um, So uh, an example could be, uh, well, the Korean War, for example, two conventional forces of north versus south fighting it out over a number of years with a guerrilla with guerrilla warfare they use tactics which maximizes the fact that they are a smaller force so what you'll find is a country or a force that is much smaller fighting a much larger force will often employ guerrilla tactics uh, because if they went and fought a conventional war they would be obliterated so there's lots of use of ambush deception sabotage and espionage which is another word for spying to inflict maximum casualties on, on the opponent um, while uh, restricting the number of losses for your side. So the French had been made to pay with these guerrilla tactics, very effectively used by Ho Chi Minh and his army. And in 1954, after the Battle of Dien Bien Phu, the French decided to withdraw from Vietnam. They could no longer uh, 
justify sustaining their forces there. And at a conference in Geneva in July 1954, it was decided to split Vietnam in a similar way to Korea. Eisenhower, however, who was president of America at this time, refused to sign the agreement because he couldn't tolerate a communist North Vietnam. Now, Eisenhower was less keen to get involved in military conflicts than his predecessor, Truman, and so concentrated instead on expanding America's nuclear arsenal and also sending advisors and military equipment to support nations rather than getting American soldiers directly involved instead. And this was called uh, a new look policy. It was called the new look policy. So while America was busy increasing its presence in South Vietnam with this, with these military advisors and experts and equipment, the North also began preparing its own strategy to overthrow DM's South Vietnamese government. So in December 1960, the Viet Cong was established and using a route called the Ho Chi Minh Trail for supplies, this group of guerrilla fighters began successfully undermining DM's hold over the South. The new president, J.F. Kennedy, understood this growing crisis and so sent a further 16,000 advisors and experts to support DM's government with rumors growing of US airstrikes against the North. So America seems to be getting more and more involved in the Vietnam. So with DM growing increasingly unpopular, he was a pretty ruthless leader of the South, Kennedy backed his removal and, and ultimately did nothing to prevent his DM's overthrow and murder by rebels. When Kennedy himself was assassinated and his successor Lyndon B. Johnson took power, he ordered a full military involvement from the US, dragging America into a long and bloody conflict, which they would ultimately lose. Just as the, just as the French had, American forces struggled against the guerrilla tactics of the Viet Cong. So that's really the information that you're expected to know about the conflict. So coming to the end of that, you might ask yourself the question, why does this matter? And, and I, and I would completely sympathize with that view because on the one on the one hand, you know, this is an aspect of the Cold War. It's a very significant conflict within the context of the Cold War. How does it relate back to it? Well, a few things we could take away from, from Vietnam, or particularly this first decade of the Vietnam War. Firstly, it's, it's further evidence of American commitment to containment. It follows on from NSC 68 korean war and now we have again america showing its willingness to intervene militarily to stop the spread of communism vietnam's also interesting because it either wholly or partially disproves the domino theory if you remember the domino theory was, was the theory that uh, once one nation in a region fell to communism that high increased the chances of nations around it falling to communism like a like a row of dominoes knocking each other over but once Vietnam, once the Vietnam War ends, once it's clear that America isn't going to be successful in that war, the rest of the region doesn't fall into communist hands as is feared. North Korea, or China, sorry, North Korea, Vietnam, Laos and Cambodia are the only countries that end up with communist regimes in Asia. So domino theory was true to an extent. Once China fell, that then had an influence on Korea and Vietnam falling but it didn't then spread and mean the whole of the Asiatic region ended up as communist. And in fact, when you look at the Vietnam War and you look at Ho Chi Minh and you think about what his intentions were and what his aims were, he wasn't part of a global conspiracy to spread communism. He was a communist 
who wanted an independent Vietnam under his control. He didn't have the kind of wider ambitions to spread communism. And if America had appreciated appreciated that, appreciated that, sorry, uh, they might not have got involved to the extent that they did. Uh, the impact on America is is fairly negative. It tarnishes their reputation as leader of the free world, and I say that in inverted commas. Their use of napalm and chemical weapons like Agent Orange was widely condemned. Um, pictures of massacres like the My Lai massacre really reflected very badly on America um, and helps to isolate it and draw criticism from populations within countries that should be very supportive of America. So there's protests in Britain, there's protests in France, um, there's protests in America itself at the, due, due to this conflict. So it has a damaging effect on America's reputation. It's also an expensive failure. Estimates range, but some some work out that it cost $111 billion, the Vietnam War. So um, not only is it tarnishing the reputation, but it's costing them a lot of money. And perhaps the last thing to say is that Asia, with the fall of China's communism and, and then the Korean War, seemed to be incredibly significant. You know, when you apply domino theory, these fears that grew that the whole region might fall to communism. So it seemed very, very significant, but ended up not being quite as significant as they were, were worried it would be. Um, and, and therefore, their involvement, particularly in Vietnam, as I said previously, Korea, they can claim some victory there. The South was protected. South Korea remains a capitalist democratic nation. Um, but in Vietnam, a huge amount of resources, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives lost on both sides and really ultimately wasn't as significant a nation, it wasn't as significant as conflict as, as perhaps America thought it might be when they first got involved. Okay, so that really concludes our look at the Cold War in Asia. Because of things like domino theory not, not being as, not being, only being partially proven, um, Asia kind of then recedes into background as a, as a key battleground for the Cold War. And moving forward, we concentrate much more again on Europe with conflicts like um, the Czechoslovakian Prague Spring and also the Cold War spreads to the Americas with the Cuban Missile Crisis. So we kind of move back towards um, other parts of the world and we, we leave Asia behind. So I look forward to you joining me for those future episodes. Thank you.